Let's let's start with former Prime Minister Helen Clark. Helen, thank you so much for being on the program. Good afternoon. Thank you. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. Hi there. How are you coping with self-isolation at the moment? Well, uh, for me, actually, it's, it's such a nice change just to be able to be at home and uh, get on with things that one hadn't had time to do for quite a long time. So I'm not complaining at all. How far are you into it? I got back uh, early Wednesday morning, so it's, it's going to be right through to the 1st of April. Wow. Um, now, luckily, I guess New Zealand is not the first country to have to cope with this. We're following along in the wake of others. What are the lessons that we can learn from some of the overseas experiences on this? So first uh, lesson is deal with it uh, quickly, promptly. Uh, I think we've had time, of course, before it uh, began to be here in, in any significant numbers to get our systems in place. We had a pandemic response uh, strategy, but of course it's got to be actioned, operationalised. Uh, I think if there's one ray of hope out of the horrible uh, things we're seeing reported on our screens every day, it is that with very firm action, China, Korea, Singapore did manage to turn the tide. Now, it requires an enormous amount of public cooperation, and that's what the government here is constantly appealing for. Uh, but you can knock it back. We're watching this horrible set of events in, in Italy unfolding now and, and other countries in, in Europe. They are clamping right down on, on movement, almost total clampdowns in some cases. On the Chinese-Singapore-Korea experience, it should work uh, to, to be doing this. But it, there is a time lag, and we don't want to be in that position. So I think you will see our government uh, notching up the measures required uh, for the public to take uh, day on day. How reliable do you think the figures are from poorer nations? I see that the Philippines has only got about 300 cases. Vietnam's got about 94 cases. And as much as their economies have rapidly grown in recent years, they'd still be classified very much as developing countries. How reliable do you think those figures are? Well, they are probably an underestimate. That's uh, the brutal truth. Uh, I've obviously in the years at UNDP had a big focus on the least developed countries, particularly in uh, sub-Saharan Africa where there's a big cluster of them. Uh, those countries need support right now. Uh, I was at the World Health Organization in Geneva a month ago. I had dinner and a lunch with uh, Dr. Tedros, the Director General. Uh, two things he said really registered with me. One is, if we could act now, we could avoid a pandemic, but the window's closing. He kept calling for action and the window closed, so that, that's gone. But the second thing is he has an appeal out for support for the WHO uh, to be getting support into those poorest countries because they need testing equipment, they need quarantine places, they need protective gear for people, that they need to put in place a whole lot of measures. And they don't have the cash for that. So anything that wealthier countries can do to support the WHO to get the money in where it's needed right now before very poor countries get crippled by this is so important. When you look, um, of course, with every country, it's a humanitarian, uh, the humanitarian importance of everyone being able to keep well is important. But are there other countries from an economic perspective where we would hope that they would get over this sooner than later, such as the G7 countries? Are there, are there other countries that are, we really rely on to get on top of this? 
So that, that's a really important point because the epicenter of the pandemic is most definitely Europe at this time. And of course, you know, very, very worrying spread in, in North America, uh, particularly the United States as well. Uh, so what is badly needed is for Italy, Spain, France uh, to to be able to, to stem this and, and, and turn the curve uh, down. Uh, if if they can do that, and if the measures taken now are tough enough to stop movement, to isolate, to quarantine, uh, to treat, uh, then we, we should see a response. It's not going to be tomorrow, but it could be two to three weeks. But this is critical for stopping the spread into what you like is more or less the near neighbourhood, which is sub-Saharan Africa, you know, just a, a leap across mm. the, the the Mediterranean and 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 down over over the Sahara. So, yes, the actions of these G7 economies absolutely critical. There will be this week a virtual summit uh, of the G20 leaders, and they're being urged uh, to coordinate uh, their responses and their action and also to support these poor countries with enough testing equipment, isolation capacity, protective gear, quarantine possibilities. Mm. Yeah, it, countries need help now. In the case of, say, Singapore, which has done such a great job, so let's say that, that Singapore, it, it's contained and it eventually goes away. Does Singapore still stay in isolation in that scenario, or do they start travelling throughout the rest of Southeast Asia again? Well, I, I would think that probably Singaporeans are going to stay home for a while because it, it just doesn't make sense at the moment to be venturing out in the world unless, unless you know, it's absolutely mission critical, like humanitarian workers getting to station. And as we know in New Zealand, uh, we, we all know people who are, who are stuck offshore. I, I get messages on social media several times a day from Kiwis saying, Helen, what, what do I do? And of course, I, I refer them to the proper uh, channels for our consular services and so on. But no, I, you're not going to see Singaporeans uh, or others travelling much anytime soon. The, the commercial yeah. flights are closing down. I, I'm not sure if Kiwis are aware, uh, but Emirates has announced that it is suspending all services that come through to New Zealand from the 29th of March till the 30th of June, and of course it could be longer. Mm. Uh, so anyone who's counting on getting uh, home by Emirates on the 1st of April, better think again. When it comes to um, to the leaders of, of um, all our nations, how much of wriggle room is there for them when it comes to their decision-making, or is much of this dictated by the advice of public officials? Well, you have to have leadership. And, and, and I must say, I think... Our Prime Minister is doing an incredible job. She's out there transparently and openly uh, communicating and bringing the public with her. You have to have public engagement, goodwill and cooperation to beat an epidemic, let alone a pandemic. I'll give you an international example of this. Uh, When I was at UNDP, uh, that was in the time of the Ebola outbreak in West Africa, in Guinea, uh, Sierra Leone uh, and in uh, Liberia. And those three countries where there'd been, in relatively modern times, civil wars and or dictatorships, and people had no trust 
of their government at all. They never saw the state. It wasn't present. And then in the initial response to Ebola, people turned up in, in white moon suits to take bodies away from communities in some cases where there was a very elaborate grieving procedure with a with, with a body and you know it was properly dressed and washed and so on. So after the men in moon suits had gone and buried the body, people went and dug it up again. Well, you know, horrific thought because Ebola, yeah. you touch the skin, you know, it's, yeah. it, it, it's horrible. And so there was really no progress made until there was a full community mobilization where you worked with people from within the communities, whether it was the women, the leaders, the, the young people, peer-to-peer, person-to-person, uh, people that they trusted, because they didn't trust the government at all. Uh, so you know, this is all going to have to be redone uh, in sub-Saharan Africa and everywhere in the world if we're going to get an effective fight back against this, this current disease. And I guess what you're saying as we wrap things up, Helen Clark, is when Jacinda Ardern chose to take the unusual step of broadcasting on radio and on TV simultaneously, that that, that was the right thing to do. Yes, because it brings home the seriousness of it. And I think sitting here in New Zealand, we, we just feel a bit removed from it all. And you know, we may not be taking it you know, at an individual level, seriously enough. Now, I have to because I'm self-isolated yeah. after this uh, trip home, but I did notice uh, uh, something in the media today from our Health Director General, Ashley Bloomfield, who absolutely is a class act. We're yeah. so lucky to have him there right now. He's superb, and isn't he? he? Yeah. And his message to the 70-pluses was, look, I, I know a lot of you people think that you're fit and active and nothing's going to hurt you, but I just have to tell you that with age comes you know, uh, less pressure, uh, less less possibility to be, you know, have an immune barrier against these things. Yeah. So, you, you know, please take me seriously. You may think you're a hiker, a skier, and you, you're still going great guns, but you are not as good as you once were. Just, and so I think it's that kind of plain, clear messaging that, that will cut through the Kiwis. Just looking um, on, on a mood sort of scale, how are you feeling about uh, our prospects at the moment? Are you anxious? Are you optimistic? A combination? How would you describe the way you're feeling? I'm realistic, uh, Tim, that as Kiwis keep coming home and they've, they've been asked to come home because you don't want to be strangled in, strangled in, in, stranded in Bogota or, you know, wherever... Uh, as they come home, some people are going to come home with it. Uh, so being realistic, we will see numbers go up. The key thing is that people are honest when they fill in those questionnaires and they come, that they say, this is where I've been, that they listen to the advice, that they go home and self-isolate, uh, that they don't spread it to their, their kids, you take it to school. I mean, the, you know, we can't beat this just with the government announcing measures. We need every Kiwi to take this extremely seriously. Thank you so much once again for being on the program. It's great to have you inside. It's the former Prime Minister Helen Clark and former head of the UNDP. Enjoy your afternoon and the self-isolation. Thank you.